Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. Well, we are continuing our series through the book of Proverbs entitled Wisdom. And this morning, I'm going to be talking to you about Shakespeare, swimming pools in Palm Springs, Kobe Bryant, and our friend Alex Ortiz, okay? As we've looked at the idea of wisdom in Proverbs, we've seen that wisdom is not just intellectual learning. It's not about a gathering of information, but it's about living a life that is right. And wisdom we saw was actually baked into creation, that wisdom was there in the foundation when God created everything. We saw that wisdom is personified in a woman who is standing on the wall, shouting out, calling for us to come and receive from her. We also saw that wisdom is what's necessary, that we need to guard our hearts. And it's not that we are guarding what comes into our hearts so much as we are dealing with how we deal with all the stuff that comes into our lives, right? Because you can't prevent things from coming into your life. You can't prevent the calamity that comes, the tragedy that comes, the hardship that comes, the disappointments that come. You cannot prevent things from coming into your life, but we guard our hearts because how we respond to those things is so important and is so effective. And it's important to understand that as we look at the wisdom tradition found in scripture, it's not a linear thinking. It's not do this and then this happens, that there is so much variation that we have to kind of read between the lines. It's kind of like Shakespeare when you first are introduced to Shakespeare because you have to be in you know, school and your English class and you're thinking, oh man, they talk weird. And then you start getting into this and you start understanding some of the nuances, some of the winks and nudges that are there. And then you're like aware of why this has been around so long because it's really ingenious. And as you start going through the Proverbs, you'll see that they'll say, you know, Don't answer a fool according to his folly. And then it'll say, answer a fool according to his folly. And you think, which one is it? And it's, yes, both. Depending on the fool, depending on the folly. And that's where we have to kind of look underneath the surface and see a little bit more of what's being said. And then we find out there's a depth of wisdom and riches that are waiting to be uncovered throughout these writings. And so in Proverbs chapter three, 
Verses 27 to 31, the writer says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, Come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you, when you already have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse anyone for no reason, when they have done you no harm. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. Now, at first reading, this might seem like a whole list of do nots, right? Do not uh, withhold good. Do not make your neighbor wait. Do not plot, accuse, or envy your neighbor. But I think there's something more being said here than just do not do these things. There is an underlining expectancy of us that we are supposed to be behaving a certain way, that we are supposed to be acting a certain way. I think this is telling us to examine how we are stewarding our life, the power and the energy that we have. Because as it says there in verse 27, if it is in your power to act. And that word that's used for power is the word ael. And it has within it the word El in the Hebrew, which is one of the names that is used for God. And it is used in a way to show that God is mighty, God is strong, that God is great. And so there is strength that you have to do something about the situations that you are in. And the Proverbs are calling us to take this power, this strength, And put it to use in these various situations. The challenge is, what will you do with the strength, the power, and the energy that you have? How will you wield it? How will you exercise it? In what ways will it show up? Why waste your time telling your neighbor to come back when you can use your time and accomplish something Right now. And throughout the book of Proverbs, there is this cast. We're going to constantly be seeing. We saw that wisdom is a woman. We've met your sister wisdom, as it talks about. But then there's also the fool. There's the evil person. There's the the prudent, the simple. There is the prostitute. But like wisdom, who is personified in this sense of a woman, all these characters personify more than just their meaning to help us understand. And so in Proverbs 7, when it says about the prostitute, the woman came out, a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home, now in the street, now in the squares. At every corner, she lurks. Right There is this presentation here that is talking about more than just a woman who is selling herself. She represents what you spend your time on, what you spend your money on, what you spend your life on, and what is there lurking, trying to seduce your strength, your power, your energy. The pleasure that seduces you and steals your life away. 
When we were going through our series on Thursday nights, when we were going through the, the book on essentials and developing a missional life, the thing that kept coming up time and time again, the, the hardest thing to accomplish living the way we want to live is our time. We only have so much of it. And, oh, I'd love to do this, and I'd love to do this, but I have to do this, and I have to do that. And we don't realize that our time is such a precious commodity. And there are things that are trying to seduce us and steal our time. And it's not that all things are bad that take our time. It's just we only have so much time to give. So Netflix isn't a bad thing, but episode eight in the same night can be rough, right? It's like, okay, are you still watching? Of course, you know. And we have to steward that time. It also talks in Proverbs 1, verse 10, my son If sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie and wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. And later on it says they lie and wait for themselves. You see, this is more than a bunch of hooligans that are wanting you to join their gang. These characters found throughout the book of Proverbs Our areas of life we give ourselves over to, invest our time in, the revelry, the seduction that would steal our devotion, steal the goal, steal the power we have to act. We end up acting in ways that are not healthy, that are not good, that are not productive, that are not moving us in the wisdom that God has created us to live in. And so we find ourselves in this place. And throughout Proverbs and all the scriptures, there is an incredibly high view of the good that you and I can do in the world. You have the power to act. You are the light of the world. You are a city set on the heel. Hill. Heel. We are the church. And so there is with this understanding, you are supposed to behave a certain way. So don't do these things. Why? Because you have the power to do something else. And so it's not just the negative, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. It is actually, why would you not do when you can do? Why would you stop short of what is possible for you? And again, the issue is we have this limited amount of time and energy. We only have so much, and it seems like it's less and less. And if you have children, you can subtract 30% from every child you have. So if you have four children, you're living on coffee and fumes, and that's about it, right? I mean, it just, they take so much energy, but all we have is a limited source of time, a limited source of energy, and so we have to choose what we are going to devote ourselves to. 
Think of the limited energy you have. How will you invest that in the people and in the world around you? There's a saying that you'll start turning the lights off when you start paying the bills, right? Kids always leave the lights on, right? And it's like, turn the lights off. And it's like, what's the big deal? It's like, you don't pay the bills, so you don't know the big deal, right? We'd come into our home, and it would be freezing. The air conditioner is on, and our kids are asleep on the couch with a blanket on. We're like, what are you doing? Well, it was hot. But you, you, now you got a blanket on. You see, that you don't care until you start paying the bills. That energy costs something. This past year, we stayed in Palm Springs. We stayed there for New Year's and went with my family. And they had a pool and they asked us, do you want us to turn the heat on for the pool and it was the winter was cold because if we do you have to pay more and we said yeah because we wanted the pool that pool had to be about 90 degrees it was like a sauna and it was pretty amazing really because it'd be cold and you'd go and have this huge pool and it has a jacuzzi but then they had the pool and the pool was as hot as the jacuzzi And it was great because you'd go right outside the door and you'd go into the pool and it was nice and warm on a cold night. But you'd go out there and you would literally see steam coming up from this pool. And it was almost like I could just picture dollars coming off of the water, right? It's just like, this is just money coming up off this pool. You see, it's a lot of money being spent to heat this, and we don't realize that we have a lot invested into the time and the things that we do. And just like that money that is being given out, it is our time, our resources that are giving out. Some people spend incredible amounts of time and energy complaining, gossiping, right? You, you see posts, whether it be on Facebook or on YouTube, and, and you think of all the things that are happening in the world, the struggles. How many millions of people do not have clean water? Think of the refugee crisis, whether it be in Syria, the problems we have and that we are trying to address even in Haiti. All these problems, and someone got up that morning and spent their time making a meme about complaining and posting it and reposting it and spend hours doing nothing but griping. And that is what they spend their energy on. Can't you see there's something lurking in the corner trying to pull you to something that's Taking away your time? They have a term for it now. It's called slacktivism. I've talked about this before. See, activism is when you actually act on something to try and make a difference. There is nothing wrong with being aware of what you think are problems and doing things to bring about change to those problems. But slacktivism is when you see something and all you do is complain about it on the Internet. And that's all you do. Yeah, these guys are bad. Huh. 
And there's a little thing. And then all your friends say, yeah, they're really bad. And you've changed nothing. See, I'm not motivated when I hear people complaining. I'm motivated when I see people who see a problem and step into the problem with their time, with their energy to make a difference, to bring about a change. That will inspire me. A little, yeah, there's a problem, doesn't inspire me. That does not do it for me. But when I see someone take their time, their energy, invest it into making a difference, even if it's a small difference, I'm motivated. Now you've got my attention. And with the huge problems in the world, are we going to spend our time and energy complaining, contributing to the noise, or trying to bring about the change that is taking place? The people who actually make the difference and do more than the complaining or more than posting comments, they're the ones who are making a difference. They're the ones who are making the power to act. You see a problem and you have the power to do something about it. It's not power changing when you're complaining. Now, I complain. I know some of you complain too because you've complained to me. <laughs> and I've complained with you probably about some of these things. So this isn't all like, hey, you bad people. This is something that we don't realize. We're spending our energy doing these things, right? We are giving ourselves over to something, and it's a limited resource that we have. Wisdom is growing in your awareness of how you live in relationship to everyone and everything around you. It's being aware that we have the power to act. How are we acting? I want to be moved in a way that brings about the change because the highest goal for us and the idea of wisdom isn't intellectual correctness. It's not theological rightness, right? The highest goal is the right relationship with the people, the world, and the purposes around you. That is our goal. Is the right relationship with the people, the world, and the purposes around us. Wisdom is living the right life that you have right where you're at. Now, last week I said that when we don't deal with, happens, happen with what's happening in us, we usually take it out on those around us. And this is true also with our time and energy. When we are not giving ourselves to the things that we should be doing, we become frustrated with the things we find ourselves doing. When you are not doing things that build up and energize your life, you end up getting frustrated with the things that you're doing. Now, there are things we have to do. You have to work. You have to take care of your family and the people that are there. And I know that that's a big time consumption. Right? When our kids were all little, all we could do was take care of our kids, it seemed like. Then they grew up and it just changed. We take care of big kids now, right? I mean, it just, it, it changed how the care takes place. 
But the time freed up, so now we have more time. It's interesting because now that you know the grandkids have moved out of our house for that time, the house is so much quieter. And it's like now we're we're actually I'm gonna have to paint the place, you know? It's like okay, well because before it was like why paint it when there's just gonna be crayon on the wall again, right? There's this kind of this mentality. But now that we have this time, what are we gonna do? And having to do something productive? Well, there's things that we have to do. But what are the things that we should do? There's an interesting passage in Luke chapter 12. This is someone in the crowd said to him, to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator between you? I love the English version where it just says man, because it almost sounds like, man, who told me to do that, right? It just has that tone to it, at least when I read it. And you see, this person is wanting Jesus to take this role in a legal matter. And Jesus is saying, man, who pointed me to be the judge over you? In other words, I didn't come here for that. I'm not here to work out your disputes. He had another purpose. It is important for you and for I not to give ourselves over to Every purpose that comes to us. Saying no is probably the most helpful thing you can do in managing your time and energy. I know that there's been times where people have come up to me in counseling and have asked me business advice. It's like, man, I don't know what you want from me, but I am not... In that business, I cannot tell you. And so I'm not going to go down that path. I'm not going to invest my time, my energy, my power in those things because I only have a limited amount of time. And if I go here, it's going to stop me from going somewhere else. And wisdom is knowing the right things. A wise person is aware of what they don't involve themselves in as much as what they do involve themselves with. Because I have to see the things that are going to be the right things for me to step into. The things that I have the power to act in, the things I have power to do good in. And those things vary, right? I know we all want the easy answers. So tell me, what are the things I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to spend the time with my family? Yes. Am I supposed to spend my time with my family? No. Which is it? Both. Depends on the family, depends on the time. Depends on what they're asking of you. Depends on what you can give. It depends on so many things. Wisdom is living in the tension and knowing what you have the power to act in and not acting on everything and running around like a chicken in your, with your head cut off. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I can't do it all. No, you can't. So there's some things you have to say no to so that you can say yes to the things you should. And you need to know the difference. And that's the difficult thing, Right? How many times do you t- 
talk about the things you would like to do. Oh, I'd like to do this. Do you know that the time you spent talking about those things sometimes could be the time you could do those things? Oh, I should call so-and-so, and you never do? Instead of saying, I should call so-and-so, just call so-and-so. Right? Oh, you know, I should call. I've been thinking about them so much, I really need to give them a call and just check up on them and see how they're doing. And that time you just talked about it, you could have dialed their number and said, hey, how are you doing? Fine. Okay, good. I just wanted to call and check in on you. How much time do we spend talking about the things that we should do instead of actually doing the things that we should do? You know, Kobe Bryant, when he was playing for the Lakers, he broke a couple of fingers and dislocated them. And instead of him just taking the time off and saying, well, I'm just going to wait to heal, he started learning how to play with that disability. He started retraining himself how to shoot a basketball with broken fingers. Why? Because that's what I want to do is play basketball. So I'm going to learn how to play with broken fingers instead of saying, well, I can't play because my fingers are broken and this is causing. You see, he put the effort in doing what he wanted to do so that he could do it. And that's what you find happening with people who are successful is they spend less time talking about what should be done and more time doing what they can do. And it's work and it's sacrifice and it's taking their time and their energy and moving it in the direction that is going to be helpful. The people who are doing things, the things that they find meaningful, it didn't just happen on them. They had to make the time for those things to happen. Maybe they felt a nudge. I'd really like to see something happen in this. And then they took the time to maybe find out a little bit more about it. And then they put the effort into those things. They invested themselves doing what it took, not just talking about it. And so are there things that are in your life that you're thinking, I'd really like to do this. This seems like it would be a good thing to do. Things that just occupy your mind, that you find yourself going back to these things time and time again. With the limited time and energy you have, how can you make that happen? What do you have to stop doing? What do you need to start doing? You have the power to act. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Don't spend the time talking about it when you can actually be doing it. Pick your battles. If you're going to get worked up about something, if you're going to be motivated by something, let it be something productive. Let it be something that's going to be helpful and not just noise. If you only have so much time, pick the battles that you need to fight. Say no to the things that you need to say no to so that you can say yes to the things that you really want to. And then you have to weigh them out. Can I say no to this? Well, I've been doing it forever. If I say no to this, I'm going to disappoint these people. And pretty soon our life is being run by what other people think when maybe there's something we're actually supposed to be doing, but now it's the peer pressure 
telling us what to do? How many people are in careers that their parents wanted for them, but it's not what they wanted for themselves? And they find themselves later on in life saying, man, I wish I would have. See, the wisdom tradition sees that there is something greater that you can give yourself to, and those things bring life to you. But they require work. They require effort. There are things we have to do, and there are things that we desire to do, and we have to live in the tension of both those things. There are the things that we desire and how we live and spend our time to make them both happen. You have to say no to some things. Man, I just can't do that anymore. Man, I'm going to quit that job so I can go back to school. Man, I'm going to take the time and invest it in this. We have to make those choices. Sometimes you have to quit talking, start doing. You have to train. And what would happen if we saw our life as a life in training? You know, right now, Alex, our friend Alex, is running a marathon. He's actually in San Diego right now running it. And I've got this app. I can actually tell you where he's at. He's 24.5 miles in it. I know. Now, if you guys know Alex, he's been training this for a while, right? He beat me on the weight loss contest. That's how much he, he's in on this, you know. But he's been running. You see, he's had a life in training so that he could get and do this. And so he's almost there, and I'm so proud of him and what he's doing. But you're in training. For what? For life. You know, he had to start running a little here and a little there. He had to lose the weight. He had to start exercising so he could run this marathon. What is it you want to do? You have to start training for it. So when someone says, hey, let's go do this, I want to take you, and they're luring you to something, you can say, hey, no, I can't, I'm in training. What are you in training for? Training for life. What are you doing? What's so important that you can't do this? i got to have dinner with my family. I have to say no because I'm going to say yes. I have to... Give up this so that I can do this. I can be in training with those things. Proverbs 9 says, Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food, and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Leave those ways, and you will live. I was going to talk about the whole idea of living and life that is seen in Proverbs, but I couldn't do it with this and that because that's just too big of a subject. But this is at the heart of what is meant. You will live. Live what? The life you're supposed to live. A life that is fully alive. 
Jesus said, I've come that they might have life. Well, don't we have life? Apparently not the life he was talking about. You see, but to live the life that wisdom is calling for us to live, we have to be in training for it. We have to take the power to act and act in the right ways and not give ourselves over to the other ways. Wisdom is calling from the walls. She's calling from the house. She's calling us so that we can live. I know people who have had successful careers but have felt cheated because they felt like a career robbed them of their life. The life that they wanted or want to live. And now that time is gone. Wisdom is seeing the picture Hearing the voices calling us to do this, seducing us there, calling us to revel in that, and then recognizing I have the power to act, to hear wisdom, to go to her house, to eat the food she is serving, to drink the wine that she is pouring, to enjoy the life that she is giving. So to do that, we have to recognize that we are stewards of our time. The limited time you have that I have. And we all know as we get older, time goes faster and faster. When I was young, I thought I had so much time. And now as I'm older, it's just like, wow, that was quick. And I, I think I have an idea of why time goes faster. It's because our memories get shorter. Right? So I don't remember as much, so it seems like it goes by much quicker. But regardless, it's limited. And so my challenge for you is what do you want to do with your life? What are you going to invest your time, your energy, your strength in? How will you make the most of what you have? What will you say yes to? What will you say no to? What do you need to change so that you can take the power you have and act in the way that you feel you should? Because it has been given to you by God to do just that. Let's pray. Lord, with our freedom comes responsibility. And Lord, you have created us with this ability to choose. And there are so many voices calling out to us. There is the seductress that is lurking, that is trying to pull us in one direction. There is the, the revelry, the, the wildness calling us to pursue another direction. And then there is wisdom calling us to her house to gain understanding, to learn how to live and what we can do with the power that we have. 
And Father, my prayer for all of us here is that we would recognize the power we have to act and that we would not put off what we are able to do, but we would also be willing to put off what we do not need to do. And Lord, what we need is wisdom to know the difference and the determination to train for the life we want. And Lord, it's never too late to start doing what is right. It is never too late for us to start living the life that is possible. And I pray that would be the case with all of us. That we would see the ability to do good to the people and the places where we're at and we'd find a means to do it. Thank you again for our time together, for the freedom we have and for the strength you have given us to act. May we act accordingly in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. May you take the time that you have and the energy you have and find the power to act and the wisdom to do what can be done with the life you have. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Remember Michael in your prayers. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.